Hello, everyone. My name is Rebecca Bickham, editor of AMP's Materials Performance Magazine. Joining me on today's podcast is Lewis Black, CEO of Almonte Industries, an international raw materials development company. I asked him to join me today to discuss President Biden's plan to sign an executive order that will begin a review of the supply chains that support several crucial American manufacturing industries, including automobiles, pharmaceuticals, and clean energy. Hi, Lewis. Thank you for joining me today. How are you? I'm very well. Good afternoon. I'm, I'm in Europe right now, so um, um, it's, it's a lovely afternoon, but I hope your day is going great so far. It is. Thank you so much. The first thing I'd like to ask you is to briefly introduce yourself to our listeners and give us a summary of your background and experience. My name is uh, Lewis Craig, as you said. I'm the CEO of Amonti Industries. We are the largest producer of tungsten concentrate outside of China. Um, tungsten is obviously used uh, predominantly in aerospace, automotive, defense, and medical and on the new generation of batteries for EVs, uh, semiconductors, and, uh, for instance, tungsten fabrics for 5G networks. So we have a very uh, key role to play in, uh, in the strategic metal demands of, of our customers. Fantastic. So, Lewis, I understand that the order is intended to start an effort to insulate the American economy from future shortages of critical important components. The president's move comes as a global shortage in semiconductors, a key component in cars and electronic devices, has forced several major American um, auto plants to close or scale back production and sent the administration scrambling to appeal to allies like Taiwan for emergency supplies. What more could you tell us about this and how might this move open up critical supply of important rare earth materials and help manufacturers obtain raw materials from suppliers outside of China? Well, well I think that the, the, the review that the president said, they, it's a 100-day review, and they commenced almost immediately um, when he became the president. And so it's, it's, it's really any day now we're going to start seeing the, hopefully start seeing the conclusions this review comes to. But I don't think that the conclusions will be terribly surprising. Um, ultimately, a lot of these strategic metals and, and um, industrial metals are, are dominated in their outputs from China because for the first 30 years, China has developed a very um, autonomous supply chain for very obvious reasons. They, they wanted to be able to to, to perfect their supply chain, to be able to provide all the things that we all enjoy uh, very easily nowadays. Um, I think that semiconductors is a great example of the fragility of, of most of our supply chains. Semiconductor business is, is really no different from any other that we, we, we see. It reacts, uh, supply and demand is in basic equilibrium, normally tracking inflation. Um, what happened last year was an exceptional circumstance. Because all, all of us are, are governed by our balance sheet, we all like to keep inventories as low as possible. Uh, with obviously the, the global shutdown through COVID, everybody started running their inventories down. What no one imagined was that as we all returned home, we all decided that our laptop, really we needed to get a new one. Our phone, we were using this old phone, let's get another one. And so these electronic consumables the demand was never anticipated, and as a result, 
um, with inventory stocks very low for, for, for semiconductors, as the economy has now started to sort of reopen, uh, the car manufacturers have found themselves out of pocket. And it's not so easy to start producing more semiconductors. Semiconductors are, are really, I think people just flippantly say, oh, a semiconductor. This thing is, is dominated by the US and South Korea. These are the two primary countries. And then sort of distant third is, is obviously in Taiwan. Um, but these, these items are at the cutting edge of technology. I mean, they really are extraordinary pieces of, 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 of design. Um, and I believe it takes 18 weeks to make one semiconductor when you, when you track it all the way through the plant. Um, you know, obtaining the raw materials to produce more is, is, is one thing. And then you have to obviously increase the capacity that exists in these highly technically advanced factories and plants. So it, it, I think it, it really demonstrated in one particular area the fragility of the supply chain. And I don't think it's unique semiconductors. So I think the review will come to a, a conclusion that I think everyone already very much understands, which is to have to give American manufacturers more options to more diversity in order to ensure that if one tap goes off, another tap is available. It doesn't mean that you should be saying, let's not buy from China. Or, uh, it, this, I think that's an irrelevance. I don't think anyone should politicize this. It makes common sense to have options and not all one eggs in the basket, but all the eggs in one basket. And so I, I think that's where I, I expect the review to come out, just to say, look, we need to expand uh, the, the opportunities for American manufacturers. I mean, I think last week Canada announced they're starting to, to actually finance a program to look at developing also a supply chain. So they're sort of jumping the gun but, but I, I, I do expect a, a review to confirm what I think we all know. Okay, that's a great explanation. Thank you so much for that. So I want to change course here for a moment. We've started doing a short series of questions in our podcast that I'd like you to answer, and they're designed to help the listeners get to know you a bit better. So let's start with the first one. What's your favorite TV show, movie, podcast, book or sport that you're consuming right now? Uh, all of that I've had to abandon because I, I have a new addition to the family who's four and a half years old. And essentially, whatever he watches is what I have to love. I understand that. Okay, great. Um, next question, who do you consider? Or reads. Actually, whatever he reads or watches, I have to love. There's no limit. <laughs> whatever it. he's doing is what I have to be in love with. Uh, okay, who do you consider your hero or mentor? Um, I think that's a difficult one. I would say in a rather, I suppose, cliched way, I suppose my father may rest in peace um, because uh, he, 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 he worked extremely hard uh, to, to earn enough money to give me a, a great education, which, of course, he, he or his father never had that opportunity. So I, I suppose when I, and he ended up essentially in an early grave at 70, I think, because it, it sort of wore him, wore him out. So I, I suppose if anyone, one, per, one consistent person in my life, I would say, would have to be, be my dad. Oh, he sounds like a nice person. I like that answer. Um, and what's your biggest pet peeve professionally? Oh, bad manners. I, I'm an English American, so I'm a naturalized American, but, but I've... My, my mom would always say, man, good manners are free. 
So I hate bad manners. That's just, just I, I, you know, it's just that's my pet peeve. I agree with you there. Okay, great. So thank you so much for answering those questions for us. Let's get, let's kind of switch gears again and continue on with our discussion. So my next question for you is why is tungsten important and how durable is it against corrosion and oxidation? Well, I mean, tungsten is, is the most, has the highest wear property of any, any metal on the planet. It has a smelting temperature, just slightly less than the temperature of the sun. So you can't, smelt it in the applications, you sinter it into alloys. Um, so whether you wear parts such as, you know, gears, uh, drills, anything that generates friction and heat, tungsten is, is extremely, uh, well, is the unsubstitutable metal. Um, the interesting thing is it's incredibly brittle. So even though it's very durable, if you drop it, it'll smash into a million pieces. It, it's, quite, it's, it's quite an unusual uh, metal and makes it very difficult to extract from the ground. Um, in terms of oxidization, uh, once it, in tungsten in its uh, concentrate form, well, in, in its ore form, as we bring it out from underground, if you leave it on surface long enough, it will oxidize in parts. But once it's been concentrated, um, it will essentially, you can recycle it from its products. It, it is almost indestructible. I mean, it, you lose a little bit every time you recycle it, but oxidization is not an issue with, with tungsten. And are new production sources of tungsten critical for increased global supply? 82% uh, of the world's production of tungsten comes from China. Um, when they arrived in the market in the, in the 1980s, a huge deluge of tungsten arrived from China. It collapsed prices, and pretty much everyone went out of business. We are really the last survivor. Uh, one of our mines in Portugal has been running for 126 years uninterrupted, so it's fifth generation. Um, we have managed to preserve the experience and knowledge needed to produce tungsten, and we've just started construction of formerly the world's largest tungsten mine in South Korea. Um, and, and we're only able to do that because of the knowledge and, and the knowledge and expertise that we have. Um, in terms of new sources, tungsten in the 50s and 60s is more valuable than gold because it's heavily used in the defense sectors. Back then, obviously, the Cold War was, was well in its stride, and so the consumption of tungsten was, was quite dramatic. Um, ultimately, a lot of the mines in safe jurisdictions, like the United States, uh, Canada as such, they were either played out or now are uneconomical because they are low-grade, what's left. In terms of, of, of projects in safe jurisdictions, you really don't have an awful lot of choice. Um, we, I think, as I say, I think we have the ones that we feel are cost competitive with China, which is very important to our customers. Um, and there are projects in Kazakhstan and in the Caucasus and Russia, but um, it's, it's a declining resource where at the moment, because, you know, you're very price dependent, China controls not just the output, but also the price of, of the commodity. There, you've got to be extremely good at your game to be able to eke out a margin, um, and we've always managed uh, to do that. But low-grade projects uh, struggle. They struggle nowadays. Um, that was great information. Thank you. My final question I'd like to ask you is, could you tell us a bit about Almonte Industries, and could you maybe give our listeners your website in case they want to find some further information out. 
Uh, sure. Amanti Industries, as I said, is the largest producer of tungsten concentrate outside of China. We, we consider it to be the best operational team outside of China and one of the best in the world. Um, some mines that we have have done this for more than five generations. So we, we have quite a lot of depth of knowledge behind us. We, we don't produce or work in any other metals. We'd rather be the best at one than, than okay at many. Um, and I think if you go to the website of, of www.amonti.com, um, you can see you know, much greater depth of, of who we are and what we've done and what we are continuing to do. Well, fantastic. Um, so this is where we're, we'll end our interview today. Um, I'd like to give a big thank you to our guest, Lewis Black, for taking the time to join us today. Thank you, Lewis. Thank you very much. Thank you. And again, my name is Rebecca Bickham, editor of Materials Performance Magazine. Thanks so much for listening.